Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me I have the crew with me once again, comprised of the fine gentlemen joining me through the interwebs. We have my boy Damo. He is the host of the Raw Sex Podcast. You can catch the Raw Sex Podcast weekly. You can get that on Google and Apple Podcast, also on Podbean, Stitcher as well. And we are there giving you everything in the world of love, relationships, sex, anything you want to talk about when it comes and things are moving out well. Matter of fact, uh, Damo, what we just put out just recently for Raw Sex? I didn't put out nothing this week. I t- took a week off of putting something out. But I think this week I'm going to put out the, uh, the fumble episode. <laughs> Fumbles, of course, man. <laughs> that should be entertaining to say the least. That was a... Indeed, sure that. So make sure you check out the Raw Sex Podcast with my boy Damo. And of course, we have my boy J.O. here, who gives us a perspective on hip-hop, man. Uh, appreciate having both of y'all gentlemen here. We appreciate everybody for checking in. Of course, we're still here somewhat on lockdown, and the cases in the U.S. are starting to go back up. So some of y'all been in the house too long and forgot how to act. So I'm going to say it once again. Stay your ass in the house. Please, so that we can get this thing dealt with in an efficient manner because y'all are messing things up. I see in your area, Damo, things starting to go back up, and especially in Florida and Texas, man. But hey, man, hey, so- man. it's over with, man. They outside. It is what it is. This is let, let, the, what, let the best immune system win. <laughs> <laughs> we on some Hunger Games type stuff now, man. It's crazy, bro. Yeah. Shit crazy, For man. Real. But uh, I was to be set it all up too. Exactly right. So, of course, we always like to take you back in time and review the classics. Our motto here at the Vault Classic Music Reviews is hashtag Open the Vault hashtag MBTC or nothing but the classics. And we have another album we're going to represent today that just turned twenty years old, and it's a bit of an unconventional album for those of you who listen to this program and listen to our podcast, but. We're going to go over to the Midwest to get for our next album. I'm talking about none other than Country Grammar by Nelly. Out of the Lou, St. Louis, the gateway to the West, home of the Arches, the Cardinals, and used to be the Rams. (laughs) But Country Grammar by Nelly, his debut studio album on Universal Records, was released just not too long ago, 20 years ago, June 27th, 2000. Recorded between 1999 and 2000, runtime of 66 minutes and 35 seconds on Universal Records. Executive producers C. Love and Kevin Law, executives for Universal. Production on this album handled by Jason J.E. Epperson and also by St. Lunatic City Spud, who had his imprint all over this album. Not just in beats, but also as a member of the St. Lunatics on a few records on here. And then Steve Blast Willis also contributed beats and then Basement Beats, who did a collaborative effort to produce for this album, Country Grammar, which was released in the summer of 2000. 
Just some background on the album to let you know some of the reception that it's had. This is one of the few albums, guys, that has gone diamond. There's not many albums in hip-hop history that aren't double albums that go diamond. This is one of them. <laughs> I mean, when you do a double album, you get, of course, two for every CD that you sell. So that's going to help boost up your numbers. But there's not many albums out there that weren't double albums that went diamond. This is another one of them. We did a review for Marshall Mathers LP. That is another Diamond album. And this one was released right in the midst of summer in the year of 2000. 20 years old, and Nelly started off his career here with this. And this was the first album that pretty much started his career and launched him into superstardom in the music industry. And really, to me, put St. Louis on the map as having a hip-hop game because... There really wasn't a hip-hop game in St. Louis. There were rappers that were from St. Louis that did things, namely Domino. He was from St. Louis, which a lot of people didn't know. Domino with the Ghetto Jam and Physical Fun and Sweet Potato Pie, but he was repping as though he was from the West Coast, based out in Long Beach to start his recording career. But Nelly was really the first one out of St. Louis to really give them an identity when it came to hip-hop. A lot of things to talk about when it comes to country grammar here, 20 years now old, released June 27, 2000. And it's crazy just even saying those words because I remember when this album just first came out because it came at a time when I had just graduated. We talk about not too long ago from high school. And I remember heading into this summer. There's a lot of things that were, that were wrapping up. But like, we'll go into uh, just basically about where you were when this album came out, listening to it back then and what you thought and then what you think now leading up to the review of this album. I'll go ahead and start with Damo since I was around with you at this time. So we were together when this album came out. And just want to get your thoughts on what you first thought about it when it came out and then listening to it now and over the years, how your opinion on it may have, if it has changed at all. Well, y'all bum asses left me a buoy, but, you know, it's summertime <laughs> by the time this come out. So I knew I was going to senior year and y'all was leaving me up there, Joe. But it's cool. I digress. But um, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. This is the first time I listened to the album. I didn't. I mean, I knew he had a, he had a couple of little little smoking sing, uh, singles, but I wasn't like, oh, let me go grab that country grammar. <laughs> of course, you know, you got to think about this the circle that we was with. That nobody was like, yo, go grab that country grammar. He's spitting on it. Nah. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go get it at yeah. all. Like. This week when you said country gram, I said, oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking some songs that's going to be on it. I'm like, hold on. None of them songs on it I thought that was on there. And then I said, oh, this is, oh, yeah, yeah. I did the right thing by not going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me. <laughs> right. But Indeed. yeah, it was my first time listening to it this, it was my first time listening to it this week. And I was like, oh. Yeah, okay. And that's it. And that's it. That's it. That's it. And that's all. We'll get back to it later on. We got other segments to get to it. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> we ain't going to empty the gun right now in yeah. the first segment. You ain't going to empty the clip right now in the first segment, no doubt. <laughs> all right, cool. Jay, your take about where you were when you maybe first listened, maybe not even to the whole album, but just the tracks that you heard from it. And then how, listening to it this week, if anything, your opinion changed and how time has changed for you, maybe looking at some of the things you heard from it. Okay, so, um, yeah, let me see, 2000, so this was actually right before I came to Morgan because, like, you know, for my freshman year of college, I was at Lincoln University, so this is, like, that summer of 2000. And to kind of piggyback off of what uh, Dom said a minute ago, like, 
when the joint uh, Country Grammar first came out, I'm thinking my head like, what the hell is this? Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, right. This uh, like this whole sing songy type thing, you know, like that. And like, I know both of y'all remember the video. It was like all these bamas like dancing in the street, like you know, like it was like hood rat central in the background. Sorry, anybody was in the video now, but whatever it is, what it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like so. <laughs> I mean, it was just something like so different, but it, at the same time, you know, it didn't necessarily motivate me to go out and buy the album. So honestly, like this past week was the first time I, I listened to it as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, back then, like, you know, Nelly was a big deal. Like probably was like in the 2000s, like, you know, it was probably like probably like the highest selling artist, the yeah. second highest selling artist after Eminem, yeah, I would Jay-Z. say, like for the 2000s. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, Jay-Z said it was only him, Pimp Juice, and us is the only my moving units. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But, like, back then, like I said, I wasn't motivated to get it. I heard the joints, like, that was coming on BT and on the radio and all like that. So, you can go back and listen to this now and just thinking how it would have been, like, back then. Like, yeah, I'm kind of glad I didn't, like, spend my dough to get this. Like, you know, I, I, I made the right thing. I already knew I was going to $20. Right. Yeah, tw- yeah, plus it was expensive back then. Like, so, you know, I didn't I ain't waste my twenty dollars back then, especially going in the morgue. There's so there were so many things I could have spent twenty dollars a little more rewarding on, you know, in in, in the party circuit. If you know, yeah. I ain't gonna get too deep into it, but um, like a dub sack. I was one nice one. children. Yeah. Hey, look, and the dub sack gets you a solid full J's. For real, <laughs> and that's <laughs> just just speaking. Hey, look, hey, look. I ain't encouraging nobody to do something that's illegal. I'm just saying, it could get you a solid four J's back then. But nah, yeah. I feel you. Back then, yeah. Back then. So here's my take, and this is where I may differ a little bit. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I did a review for Three Six Mafia when the smoke clears, and what I said to the audience back then, and I'll reiterate it now, is that. Certain types of hip-hop and music in general has purposes. And to me, the purpose of that album was not like much of the hip-hop, as you said, Damo, the circles that we ran in, where you expected to get educated, uplifted, you know, informed, really some fire-fire bars, and you weren't getting that in that album, like I said a couple of weeks ago. It's almost like the same thing that you can say here for country grammar. Now... Just to sort of go back to where I was, same thing. I was getting ready to head to Morgan. I had graduated from high school. And I didn't listen to this album until maybe a few years ago, front to back. And it took me some time because, I mean, I'll be quite honest, I wasn't a Nelly fan, especially back then. Like, I thought Nelly was a Bama. I thought he was yep. a Bama and the rest of all them Bamas out there in St. Louis, they were some Bama-ass niggas. That's what I thought they were. <laughs> I thought they were some Bama-ass niggas. Still think he a Bama. You still think he a Bama? Still think he a Bama. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, was, I, I watched him when I, when I watched him on verses just the other week. It reminded me of his Bama fiveness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say this: I don't like, think he's, he's still a Bama. I don't think he's so much of a Bama. I just think, well, he is still a Bama. But the thing is, is that he got money now. He's still and a Bama. He he's still a Bama, <laughs> but he got he got money, and I have to give him his props. He made the most out of his career thus far. I mean, I don't True. think any of us would have ever thought yes. when, when we first saw and heard country grammar that he would have been to the point where he is right now. As you said, what Jay said in that song, excuse me, miss, only one move of units is M, Pimp, Juice, and us. They were the only ones pulling in big money like that. So, But yeah. listening to a lot of those records, 
I hated it. I hated a lot of the stuff because I was such in my backpack mode. I was such in my East Coast lyrical mode. So I did not want to hear this niggas supposedly sing songing on rap and mm-hmm. and doing things. But the one thing I couldn't deny even back then is that that shit bumped in the club. And chicks, and chicks, and chicks loved it. So if there's one thing we talk yeah. about redeeming qualities that music has, that was definitely one of them. Things sort of come up, and even to go back to your point, Damo, with the whole thing about the songs. Some of the songs you're probably thinking about, you thought were on Country Grammar, were actually probably on Nellyville, and that was the album after this one, which had some popular mm-hmm. singles, but this one had quite a bit of singles too. I mean, other than Country Grammar, there were, yeah. of course, E.I., there was Ride With Me, there was Batter yeah. Up, you know, all those sorts of all singles. Yeah. Throughout the years, you sort of saw Nelly transition, and as the 2000s started to go on and into the 2010s, you didn't really hear a whole lot from Nelly no more. But from, like, that time period from 2000 to, like, 03, 04, he did a lot. And he was, I mean, like I said, moving big units, making big money, having lots of success, and to, he really, to me, helped solidify St. Louis. Because wasn't nobody really coming out of St. Louis before then. But after he dropped, look who came out of St. Look who came out of St. Louis, though, as a result of him opening up the door. Not just the St. Lunatics, but Shane. Huey. Yeah, by Huey. The late Huey, by the way. Huey. Yeah. Huey. Yeah, the late Huey. Jaquan. Chingy. <laughs> I mean, all people that had big hits. All people that became a part of the yeah. industry as a result of this. As a matter of fact, Chingy and Nelly was homeboys for a little bit before they started beefing with each other, you know. So a lot of so he really did help to de- define just reading some of the things that we define St. Louis rap because there wasn't nobody really doing anything out of St. Louis. Now, as far as me listening here, right to this past week, my my whole thing. Now, again, I wasn't really a big Nelly fan per se. I wasn't, but I will have to say this. And this is going to be a bit of a unpopular opinion, considering some of our listenership. I listened to this this past week, and also started looking into the lyrics. What I'm about to say might be might be a little unpopular, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. With some of the takeaways, some of the stuff with the cadence, and some of the things as well with you know some of the sing song stuff. Which, by the way, Nelly wasn't the first one to do stuff like that. It was Bone had did things like that before, and. It was just a little bit different because a little bit more of a different accent and a twang with that St. Louis twang out in the Midwest. A little bit different than what Bone did. Really listen to that. And when I listened to it this week, because I really wanted to dig into it to review it, dog, Nelly can rap, like for real. And when I talk about can rap, let me break it down to three different type of structures for y'all. It's like for everybody out there listening to y'all, y'all to Jay and Damo. So to me, there's like, as far as when it comes to being a good artist, especially with a rapper, there's like three things. There's being lyrical, there's having bars, and then there's people that can rap. Now, you could be lyrical, but then not be able to rap. Now, we've all heard rappers out there that are lyrical, but they can't rap. We all done heard that. I mean, you can listen to a lot of rockin' stuff and hear a lot lyrical of people that... Miracle. Yeah, you can, hear, you can hear a lot of people, especially in namely some rockin' stuff that are lyrical as hell, but they can't really rap like that. You can also rap, but not have any bars or be lyrical. I do think that you should at least be able to rap whether you're lyrical or not. And not saying that lyrics, that Nelly is an elite MC, because he's not. But he can rap, though. And the delivery, I think, is what sets a lot of people. Nelly, I think the delivery is what I think sets a lot of people off. And that's a big part of it. 
But now listening to it this past week, I think the one thing that I have to pull away from is that man, he can rap. He can. And I think that may be unpopular with some people, but yo, it worked because it appealed to people. And I think that was the big thing coming from a place like St. Louis that didn't have a scene that it had to appeal to people because there wasn't nobody checking for no one from St. Louis. And the appeal part of it, that's where I think it kind of worked. Now, again, people can argue with me about whether they not think they think Nelly can rap or not. Hey, look, I'm not saying he's a lyrical genius, but I think the dude can rap, man. And I think it worked for what it was he was trying to do. This is not a lyrical masterpiece by far, but I think the dude can rap. And I think it worked because obviously it kicked the door open for him and also for St. Louis. That's what I think. And so that's where I was. So listening to it this week, like I said, changing my ears and preparing my ears to hear something different where I wasn't expecting to get the typical thing I was expecting to get all the time. Listening to it now, it's like, all right, you know, I mean, I'm not going to play this regularly. This is not going to be a must-play album for me, but it still has a little bit of replay value because, like you said, Damo, this stuff like this still bumps in the club. Stuff like this, you still get reactions from people when they play it, you know? So when we talk about classic music, right, like what's some of the things that it does, the reactions that you get from people when they it's play stuff like this. It's basically the four songs on here that still bump in the club. And ain't nothing else on this album that's going in the club. And I'm like, oh, baby, just like how they all in verses. He made that song? Right. Or oh, why you play that? Right. It's those four, those four songs. E.I., Country Grandma, Batter right. Up. <laughs> that's, all, that's really it. Indeed. No, I hear you. I mean, the album songs are not going to get played. You don't really hear album songs in the club at all. Yeah. I mean, you really don't hear album songs in the club at all. Nobody gets album songs played in the club, but those, those singles worked. So, so we're going to move into highlights and lowlights as far as what you liked, what you didn't like, and a few other things in there as well. So I'm going to go ahead and start with you, Jay, just your highlights, lowlights, and anything else in between that you want to mention and listen to it this past week. Yes, like what Dom said, I mean, like, you know, the highlights to be obviously the ones, all, obviously the four biggest singles on, on the album, like Country Grandma, Rival Me, E.I., and Batter Up. Aside from that, I'd probably say Other Side, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just because the way it was structured and kind of like cautionary tales as far as, like, some people, like, you know, like, speaking to, like, the youth as far as, like, you know, staying on the right path and they are on the wrong path, getting themselves together, like, that I would say is a highlight of it. I mean, aside from everything else, I mean, of course, like I could, I would take so much of the sing songiness, you know, throughout listening to all this. To be real with y'all, mm-hmm. um, another thing I would say, like looking back on the day, Brian, like you know, with not so much Nelly, but like the Saint Saint Lunatics as a whole, as far as like their quote unquote heyday. Yeah, I really feel like Murphy Lee should have got more of a push. Yeah, you know what I mean, like because I would say he was a more lyrical one out of that out of that crew, in my opinion. Like, yeah. You know, like, I mean, just, like, on his features and all like that. So, I think Murphy Lee, like, should have got more of a push as an artist. And, like, as opposed, like, because, I mean, I feel like they more so mark him, like, as, like, like a, a like a teen heartthrob type person where he, um, he actually has something to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it, like, with the song. Yeah, he's Rival the only Me. one who probably got features. Uh, right. Yeah, I he's the only so. one that got features uh, besides Nelly. But by, by other people, other people, you see him on other people's albums. He's the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the, like the Welcome to Atlanta remix. I mean, he was on that drain. Like his verse was nice. So mm-hmm. I just think like I just think like they could have built more momentum off of that and like really pushed him. Like not even not so much like out there more so than Nelly, but he could have been up there. You know what I mean? As far as like what he had to offer. And it just made me think about like you know just the uh, the appeal of Nelly and everything like that. Like you know with the song Rival Me. I mean that's like a 
I don't know if the the term would be like would be like the Nickelback category, but like it just like one of those ones that mainstream America loves and feels oh, safe yeah. singing to, and like oh yeah, drunk white frat boys. Hey, it must be the money. money. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I think like, yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, like, play around like mainstream white people; they don't feel threatened and everything. And even country grammar which is kind of proof in itself people don't listen to lyrics because that hook was definitely like not you know what i'm saying not a safe journey like when you really, really listen to it going down down baby your street in the range rover street, street sweeper baby proof. yeah yeah that that people let don't it know go. what street sweeper is like you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah you know what street sweeper was you run so yeah exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. as far as low lights i mean prior to loving me joint mm-hmm. i mean i really can't say anything beyond that because like you said this whole album really wasn't my cup of tea, you know what I mean? So like, right. That's probably about the, probably to the extent which I could break it down. But I mean, did good. I mean, he marketed himself like the way he should have. And I mean, he and that was other thing going back to I think your point, Brian, like saying he could rap and like he was, he they knew how to market him. So you know, like core audiences and making radio bangers and instead of playing the club and like I said, stuff like white grandmothers and drunken white frat boys and stuff like that could sing to and have yeah. a good time and feel all safe and all like that. So I mean, it was marketed well in that sense. So yeah. What about yes, the production? Was, what did you think about the production oh, the on production, here by yeah, Jay? Yeah, yeah, Jay and City Spud. Yeah, I say the production was solid. I mean, like you know, like I may not have cared much for like the sing song in this, but like that production sounds so crisp and clean and mm-hmm. different from what was out there. I mean, so like with Nelly and St. Louis being like that gateway to St. Louis, like I mean, I think that could have been a gateway to like that Aaron production where it had a regional sound. So if that would have been marketed as like the regional sound for St. Louis. I think it could have gone a lot further. Not yeah. to say it didn't go far, but like. That could open the door for other producers out of St. Louis too. Indeed, yeah. Damo, your take. Since I know you said you wasn't going to empty the clip during the intro, so <laughs> feel free to empty your clip a little bit more, my man. What up? The highs are the singles, the lows, the whole damn album. <laughs> God, God damn was a struggle to get through. I was like, and look, and this is the crazy thing. I'm expecting, I said, all right, I see Lil Wayne on the show. I said, all right, at least Lil Wayne. But this must have been pre-Gilly the Kid, Lil Wayne, because he ain't Absolutely. say shit either. I'm like, hold on. I was like, hold on. Did I miss it? Hey, look, I went through that. I said, hold on. Did I hear Lil Wayne on here? Because yeah. I thought that's where I was going to get my verse from. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get my verse from Lil Wayne on this. That's the verse I'm going to use. I said, hold on. That song went by like three songs ago. Hold on, let me go back. Oh, this must be pre-Gilly the Kid, Lil Wayne. Great <laughs> states. So I'm, the lowest song on that show to me was Never Let Him See You Sweat. I'm like, what the hell is this? Throw this whole song away. I said, man. That one too. Four singles was how he went diamond. And it was hot singles. There was five singles. Yeah. They crossed over to the white folks. He went diamond. That's how he went. And, and like you said... A little while he can rap. Yeah. He ain't saying nothing, yeah. but he can rap. Yeah. Like he good on it. He, he ain't blue face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But this album, I don't even know how it would. And look, this and this the other thing I gotta say. My ears are different now, so I'm not going in there listening to those backpack ears that I had back then. Back then, oh hey, we. I don't even know. Like we say, you didn't listen to Triple Six back then. We didn't. Yeah. I might look at Triple Six. I looked at them a whole lot different when I was being in the Navy from being with my guys from down south. I started loving their music or whatever. Yeah. We talked about that on one episode. Yeah. But 
We might have talked about it on the Roll Six episode or something like that in the yeah, beginning. Yeah. But I'm listening to this and I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, this ain't. Because now everybody sings songy. So you already ready for the sing song. And back then, they was, I mean, I'm ready for it now. I'm like, okay, this nigga, bruh, set me up. I was like, I don't even know if I'm gonna be to give him a, a lyrical breakdown like this, y'all. Oh my goodness. Hey. I listened to it twice. The first time was real difficult to get through, besides the singles. Yeah. You know, the singles come on, you you get that nostalgia of being in the club, a young and shit, y'all partying. Yeah. Other than that, I'm like, dang. Mm. Save me. He empty, empty the clip on this train. Yeah, he emptied the clip. And out of night, yeah. That was like Eileen's cousin in the Minister Society emptied the clip. Like, exactly. Like, now probably like, yeah, he ain't even, that's not even a nine millimeter clip. He bought an AK-47 clip and emptied that jam. Bust in the back of Texas or something. Exactly, damn. right. Golly. Well, damn, Dom. Oh, all right, cool. Well, you know what? I can respect that. Because you're not giving us no bullshit as though this joint was was great. I'm glad that you, thank you for being honest. I appreciate that. Um, fan boys here. Yeah, exactly. Nah, man. But, I mean, I can understand that. But as far as my highlights, you know, I didn't have as many lowlights, I think. To me, I think these are the big things with, with lowlights for me. I actually wasn't really a big fan of Other Side. And I, was, I definitely wasn't a fan of Loving Me at all. The singles to me, I think, were great. I think I liked some of the stuff with St. Lunatics. I actually like Never Let Them See You Sweat a little bit. Like, I think the guest spots on here are okay. I think when we got with Wayne on here on 4 Mile, which is track number 10, that was early Wayne. That was, like you said, pre-Gilly the Kid Wayne, pre-Carter, the pre-Carter, pre-Carter series Wayne. You know, because once we got into the Carter series Wayne, you really started seeing Wayne develop. And by the time you got to the Carter 3, I mean, Wayne was elite at that point. You know what I'm saying? He needed some time to develop. I mean, people forget, like, Wayne, when he first came out with the High Boys, he was only 16 years old. You know, he was still developing. He was still trying to d- discover his flow at that point in time. It's crazy because Nelly sounded a little bit more polished on that song than Wayne did. Wayne was sort of trying to struggle and to get through that joint, which is a little painful understanding what you got from Wayne later. But the singles, yeah, great. Country grammar, I mean, yeah, man, it is what it is. Ride With Me is that song, like you said, Jay. That's that pop song that, you know, that drunk white boys and people in summer pool people in summer pool parties and festivals love to hear that song. It's a safe song. The one thing I remember with that, that that's the song that played at the end of Scary Movie 2. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it's a safe song. It's a pop song. Out of the single, singles, though, to tell you the truth, out of all of them, the one that I actually might like the best might be Batter Up. You know, because you had verses on there from City Spud and also from Murphy Lee and Ali. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's That's the one thing I think that might be actually my favorite one out of all of them. And the videos were crazy. Like, during the country grammar, these bamboos were wearing, what, those St. Louis Rams jerseys backwards, those St. Louis Cardinals jerseys backwards. Uh, you had all that stuff sort of going on. I think, to me, I sort of look at it in a little bit of a different light as far as what they did for the region. And the the style, really, what they did. To me, the production on here by J.E. and by City Spud, City Spud as well, who was on Ride With Me on, on a couple of the tracks on here, they did the beats to me, like you said, Jason, was really like creating like a sound for St. Louis. Because the one thing that I like about the Midwest cities is they take from a little bit of everything, right? They'll take from your West Coast, from your East Coast, from your down South, down to Texas, 
and they sort of take everything that they like and they sort of make it and make it their own. Like you hear a lot of influences in a lot of the beats here by J.E. and by City Spud of stuff that you would hear from New Orleans. You heard stuff that, you know, with stuff that Manny Fresh did. You hear some stuff that Beats by the Pound did for No Limit. You hear some things that were done by uh, by some Houston producers, stuff that you heard with Screw Music and with Ghetto Boys and with uh, UGK. You hear some West Coast influences in there as well. So that's what I really liked about the album with the production. Aside what are the lyrics or whatever, lyrics are going to be whatever they be. And the flow and the cadence and everything going to be what they be. J.E. and City Spud and also Steve Blast Willis, who did Batter Up, by the way, I think did a great job of being able to craft that St. Louis sound. That's to me where I think the album sort of stands out because that had the formula that some of the other St. Louis's that came out like Jibs, like Jaquan, like Chingy, like Huey, they all kind of follow the same type of formula. And it's a shame, like you said, Jay, that they didn't, you know, more producers from St. Louis didn't really get on in the industry where, you know, that sound sort of traveled a little bit outside of St. Louis, like the same way that, Beats by the Pounds and Manny Fresh did in New Orleans, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it, it's, it's, it's a shame, though. But it's, to me, the album is what it is. It's a, the commercialism of it with the singles are it. The rest of the other songs, other than the, my, my lowlights, they're just okay. That's just the way I have to sort of put it out. They're just okay. That's, that's where I'm at. They're okay. And, and it's not like I said. It wasn't a, I don't think it was more so of a struggle for me to get through because I think, like I said, when you listen to it, it was like my ears are different, and I was sort of going into it with the same mentality I was listening to 3-6, but I wasn't as touched as much as I was listening to it like I was listening to 3-6. There we are. Now, well, you know what? I went in listening to it. It went diamond. I'm going to say my ears, was, my ears went into it, listened to it like it was going to be a classic album. That's how my ears went into it. I'm like, this don't went down, man. Cause your grandmother don't. I was like, this don't went down. I look this. Oh yeah, this don't. Oh yeah, this don't gotta be a classic. Nah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, thirty-eight minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the right. thing. The thing I mean, is, is that like, you're right. No, I was gonna say it's not like you know, like back to your point, Brian, about other diamond albums like that weren't necessarily double albums, like say. The Marshall Mathers LP, you pretty much like crank that joint through and through. Or like, I'll even go as back as far as like the Fuji's to score that joint went diamond. Uh, it might have gone double diamond. Now I think about it, I might be mistaken, but like those are joints you could like let flow through and through. You know what I'm saying? Not without, without really having to skip any tracks. This one, you skipped around quite a bit, honestly. You know what I'm saying? If you weren't like some hardcore Nelly fan, straight out of St. Louis, he was like your old man from down the street or something like that. So it's like, I mean, it just I guess it just shows like you know, how much wait those singles held you know what I'm saying like the boost of sales of the album but yeah I'm saying but this this wasn't it for me true so we're not even going to notable quotables then I'm gonna let y'all off the hook on that so that's 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 what that's what it is (laughs) that's what it is I understand it message You okay. know, but you know, that's just because he said the Parasuko was on it. Yeah. And that was it. That's the only reason why I, I like that one. You know, you know them girls back in high school rock Parasukos. Yeah, Parasukos used to have them jumps like a fat, yeah. Even yeah, if they wasn't it. even that fat, they'd be fat with the Parasukos, yeah. 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 Nah, indeed. I understand that's like that. Makeup now. Yeah. Right. That's the only one I said other than that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Couldn't find one. You know, I actually think the first verse of Country Grandma ain't that bad, though, to tell you the truth, man. I mean, the actual lyrics themselves, yeah, they're not, I don't think it's that bad, you know? But, I mean, like I said, we're not going to get into notable quotables. So, before we get into, like, the very last segment, knowing that you what you've heard from Nelly, let me ask you this. Listening to this, do you think his next album was better than this? you think Nellyville was better than this one? 
Did I listen to Nellyville? I think I did listen to Nellyville. Yeah, and Nellyville. Yeah. So Nellyville was was. Yeah, I'm gonna say, yeah, I think I did listen to Nellyville. So Nellyville came out in 2002. Nellyville is the album, of course, that had this. Just like this, this had a lot of singles. This did not go. Nellyville did not go diamond. It only sold six million records. But Nellyville had Hot in Here. It had uh, Pimp Juice. It had Air Force Ones. It had Dilemma. Mm-hmm. It had Number One. So it had them boys. It had a lot. It had a few different songs on there. So you think Nellyville was better than this one, then, Damo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, and then not only that, but Nellyville had a couple other producers. They had Neptunes and Just Blaze as well producing on that one for him as well. At that point, he had become a star, so people were willing to willing yeah. to produce for him, you know. So and Track Boys, by the way, which produced Air Force Ones, of course. Who rocked the band aid under the eye? Oh, I did it. Now, come nah, on, man. man. I didn't do no Bama shit like that, man. Come on. <laughs> I know some Bamas who did that, though. Hey, Jay, I know, I know that you saw a couple. I know that we saw a couple of Bamas up there at yes, Morgan who was rocking the Band-Aid on yes. their eye. They were some Bama-ass niggas, dog. Um, they were some Bamas. That's, that's up there with, like, um, but, um, I don't know if you remember, like, Fabulous with them paper towel bandanas. Exactly. Nah, that just had me. That just had me on a vibe like up there. Like my, I was waiting for somebody to jump out there with that bullshit. Like so I could say something. Yeah. Or just yeah. have a water gun ready so I could just like wet that shit wet up. Wet that shit like, up. Exactly. Let it tail over their head and shit. Exactly. All right, fellas. So I'm gonna go ahead. I guess it's safe to say y'all y'all don't y'all think this is not a classic then. Uh, I'm gonna say it's not. They need to burn that joint with Drew Brees jersey. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So let me let me put it this way, right? As far as content, this is not a classic album. I think where this is rated as a classic is because of its impact. So I think it's impactful. I think it's impactful due to what it did for St. Louis and what it did for the region. That's what I think the true impact and the appreciation for this could be. Is what it did because it did open up a new sound for a brand new area that nobody was checking for. That's the one thing I think I have to really point to. Yeah, for a few years. And for a couple of years. Yeah. For a and couple of years. Yeah, for a well, few I'm, years. I'ma say it like Meek Mill said this week. Numbers lie. <laughs> 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 Numbers lie. This album ain't it. <laughs> Damn, Tomo. <laughs> I mean I mean plus I mean this proves like you know, seventy percent of people that buy hip hop are white at yeah. this time were so nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you can see yeah. that, man. I definitely see that. Like I said, I think it's culturally impactful. I don't think it's a classic. And I do think there are some songs, though, that we're going to hear for years, though. I mean, I think we're still going to hear stuff like Country Grammar yeah. and EI and Batter Up and especially Ride With Me. I think we're going to hear those for some years. Um, I do think that some replay, va- it has some replay singles. value. Yeah, classic They're classic singles. And I said that in my last uh, Cards, Dominoes, yeah. Drinks, and Smoke segment where there are albums that have classic songs but aren't classics. And this is one of them. This is probably one of the first albums we've done on here that has classic songs but it's not a classic at all. So I think we're all in agreement there. So there we are, y'all. Y'all have it. Country Grammar by Nelly, 20 years old now. You know, has some replay value. Gives you some memories as far as when you listen to some of the singles. But, you know, it's not a classic. It isn't. But it's fun. It's fun to listen to some of the singles and definitely is something that you can use to party to. Have it a, you know, backyard barbecue or something like that or having your whip when you're listening to a mix. But other than that, it's not a whole lot of other stuff. But it is, I think, culturally impactful when it comes to the hip-hop culture in St. Louis and the Midwest. So there we are. 
So Country Grammar by Nelly, you can go out and listen to it anywhere where you can pick albums up, anywhere where you can get digital distribution. Go out and listen to it. Maybe reminisce a little bit and uh, see what you think. Another it, don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> stream it, don't buy it. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what everybody does now, right? We stream music. We don't buy it, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some albums I buy. Some albums I buy. Yeah. This wouldn't be one of them. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, some drinks are still worth the money, but... Yeah, I know that was not this. Indeed. <laughs> and that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you check us out on our host on Podbean, vaultcmr.podbean.com. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to The Vault Classic Music Reviews on any one of our streaming sites. You go to any one of our social media sites and you can get to our bio, get to our link tree that has all of our streaming sources and all of our social media channels. Again, you can get to us on The Vault Classic Music Reviews on Vault CMR Podcast on Instagram at vault classic on twitter and you can search on facebook and youtube the vault classic music reviews and you can get to us there as well also make sure that y'all checking out raw sex podcast every single week we're back with a new episode coming up this new week so make sure y'all check that out and y'all subscribing and listening to the raw sex podcast with me and damo of course every single week giving you the raw and giving you the real when it comes to relationships love sex and everything in between Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at I-V-E-C-R-E-8. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.